0: Patriots Daily is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. What's going on, everyone? It's Taylor Collis here for CLNS Media, and I am joined by pff salary cap expert and over the caps cap i'm sorry contributor brad spielberger brad i don't think there's a contract that's been agreed to this offseason that he hasn't either nailed or come very close to nailing and with the patriots having so many potential extension candidates with big names on the roster figure i might as well go to the best
1: so without further ado brad thank you so much for joining me buddy Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, we're waiting on these Patriots to maybe get one of these done so we can see uh, how wrong I am or if I keep the hot streak going. I think the hot streak is going to be going. If this offseason
0: <laughs> is any indicator, you've been on fire, my man. Uh, so speaking of fire, let's go with Mr. Red Sleeves himself, Matt Judon. Uh, so there were some reports that he wasn't really participating in training camp because he may have been going through a hold-in. Now, he's denied this. He said that it's really more about conditioning, which there may be some truth to that. But he was also asked about Trey Hendricks's. Hendrickson's extension literally just got off the field right now I'm still I'm I'm getting myself together but uh yeah he seemed like he was supporting his brother a fellow edge defender and you know Judon's a good guy I don't think he was trying to say anything nefarious but he's a high producer a leader on the team seems like he deserves a reworked deal what do you think is the most realistic possible contract extension for him and how
1: likely do you think it is Oh, the the hendrickson uh, you know connection is huge for judon i would say because they signed the exact same offseason to very similar contracts you know 460 for hendrickson I think it was about what four fifty six or something for judon similar numbers and the bengal's had not extended a player with two years remaining on his contract in over 15 years right so like they had not done it <clears throat> so For him to see another organization do that is very, I'm not going to say leverage, but it's, hey, you know, they're taking care of a guy that has outplayed his deal. I think we'd all agree Judon has outperformed his contract thus far. I think the one thing I would say is Hendrickson's 29, Judon turns 31, I want to say like less than a week from now. I would see potentially we get the Stefan Gilmore type raise where they, you know, move $5 million up from next year into this year. Maybe that's a more, you know, a a route that both sides are more comfortable with as opposed to a true extension. But I do think something's going to get done. Yeah. He's not holding out or holding in or whatever, but I think he has made it clear. He'd like some new money. Before we move on.
0: I know that there's been a lot of talk about the Patriots and they got a lot of cap space and people were saying, Oh, they're not spending this money. What are they just doing? Sitting on this gold mine. But I know you said that they've actually got very good salary cap health, And there's a lot that goes into this kind of stuff that, you know, on the outside, it's easy to think that, you know, they're not spending money. But what are the factors that go into that number? And why do you think they're really doing pretty well when it comes to their spending?
1: Yeah, so, you know, I think these things come in waves, right? It's not always consistent or or linear or gradual in terms of how you spend money. You might have a couple of huge deals come up and you have these massive signing bonuses or however you ultimately pay out that cash. And you go from having great cap health and all these things to all of a sudden, you're making tough decisions, you're cutting some guys asking for pay cuts, etc. So, Yeah. Could they be spending more? You could argue. Yes. They obviously had that massive free agency spending spree in 2021 that we've kind of never seen from them before ever. And so maybe our perception is a bit skewed, but also like we're talking about now, if they take care of some of the guys internally, they'll go up that ranking. And the biggest thing was, I'm guessing it all comes down to Mac Jones's performance this season where he could need money himself, obviously, but also do you get bullish? Do you spend around him? Or do you kind of say, well, why would we spend if we're going to add another young quarterback and try to build around that new piece? Um, I think it's it's a big inflection point after this season. You mentioned Mac, and
0: I know Matt Groh mentioned that they really wanted to get bigger up front. We saw that through the draft. They got much bigger, you know, Jake Andrews, but also Antonio Moppy. City So is probably going to be a tackle, but he's got guard flexibility as well. The Patriots have a pretty good guard on the roster right now. And Mike and Wenu. Now, I'm not sure where to slate him because he's a bigger guy with the league trending towards all this like zone running scheme, trying to get outside. He's not a great fit for what most teams in the league are trying to do right now. But with the Patriots and their gap scheme, they're always multiple, but they've been running behind him a lot and had a lot of success. He's also one of the better pass protectors at his position in the league. What do you think would be a fair deal for him and what kind
1: of players are comparable in terms of if he does end up getting an extension, what he could receive? You nailed it right there where I think the biggest sticking point or maybe confusing aspect to this is we don't see the 6'4", 350, 360-pound guard. like You want these guys that can run outside zone, that are nimble, that can get out in space and and, and do things. Not that he, he's incapable of doing that, but like you said, he's a much better fit um in, in a gap scheme. And look, I mean, as you've probably seen, our, our grades for him are off the chart no matter what he does, where he plays. Um, you know, obviously just one data point, but at right tackle, left guard, right guard, or wherever the case may be, um, he's been pretty solid. So, I projected a deal for him actually the exact same number as Kyle Duger at four years, 60 million. I don't think he's going to get, you know, top end guard money. I think we've now seen that market jump to $20 million a year for a couple of players. I do think he'll get a little bit of extra value from whoever pays him because he could in a pinch, play some tackle. We've seen some of those guys ask for whether it's incentives or other ways to earn money. If they do actually get asked to play the more valuable position of tackle, but you mentioned it for me. When I see the Patriots take all these guys, these offensive linemen, in particular Antonio Mafi, who I think honestly does remind me of him from a build standpoint and kind of a playstyle standpoint, that kind of screams to me like classic Patriots, they're going to let him walk, get a compensatory pick, and they'll have a young kid step in and, and take over that role. Absolutely. Another
0: guy they seem to draft a potential replacement for, they took Marte Mapu, who's very similar skill set and size-wise to a Kyle Duggar. Now, I thought you had a really... Interesting take on Duggar's situation because while he's super talented, he's super versatile, you know, production by all these metrics, he's a really good player. But he's on the older side. We knew that when he was drafted and now he's reaching the end of his deal. He's going to be like 28 years old once if he actually ends up on the open market. And you mentioned that could impact his contract. So for the viewers who didn't get a chance to see it yet, what do you think a passable extension could look like for him or if he ends up hitting the free agent market? What kind of money could he be making and how likely is it that the Patriots are actually able to retain him as a key player who does everything for them?
1: Yeah. And the crazy thing to me was Bill Belichick basically echoing the sentiments you just said at a press conference. I'm not sure we've seen Bill, you know, law to play a pre-contract, right. And kind of give him, uh, you know, some of those chips to his agent and him to go through the negotiation. But yeah, the fact that he's already 27 years old is, is very interesting to me. It's not really a position that we th- we think of uh, longevity, especially for guys that come down playing play in the box and do a lot of the things that Kyle Duggar does. Of course you have, um, you know, uh, guys that can, yeah, guys that can play until their mid thirties that are kind of your deep third free safeties and do different things. So, yeah, like I said, I also projected four years, 60 million there. I won't go into the you know, the details and all those things, but you know, an upper tier contract at the position. Um, I mean, he's an awesome, awesome player. He does a lot of different things. Like I said, for us, I mean, like top five in the average depth of tackle. So he's always been plays during a lot of scrimmage, but is not a bad coverage player can carry tight ends can carry number three receivers. Can even at times, you know, deal with running backs coming out of the backfield. Like he deserves to be in that conversation obviously has the draft capital, all these things. It's again, though. I mean, look, they do have Martin and a lot of other players, Adrian Phillips, guys that can kind of do what he does, but Bill is obsessed with these, these hybrid safeties now. He just can't get enough of them. You got Peppers back in the fold, et cetera. Maybe it goes that way of saying he's not going to pay him, or maybe it's, yeah, he will pay him, because it's his favorite type of player, uh, I think, in all of football right now.
0: It's interesting. I think the last person Bill really praised in the way that he did Duggar was Lamar Jackson, where he basically was like, yeah, every day Lamar Jackson's getting more expensive, and you saw him talk about Duggar like, yeah, he said those kind of guys get paid, which was pretty wild for Bill. Another guy, very interesting situation, Josh Uche. We saw Alex Highsmith get an extension for the Steelers. We saw the Seahawks' Echenin Wosu get an extension on his deal as well. Now, Josh Uche obviously broke out last year after kind of being quiet for most of his early career. But he's not an every-down player. He has the ceiling to be one of the better pass rushers in the NFL. I know Cam Jordan last year when, as far as to compare to Von Miller. Not saying he's that kind of player, again, because his use is a bit limited, but what kind of contract do you think he could demand as someone who what he does well is so, so valuable in the modern league, but you don't really want him on the field when you know the run is coming?
1: That's the thing, right? So the two guys you just mentioned, and Uche and Wosu and Alex Highsmith, both played more snaps last season alone than he than Uche's played his entire career, right? I mean, I think by like 150. Like it's not even particularly close. So, uh, yeah, he played 375 last year, which was the most he's played thus far. And like you said, of course, what he does great is is get after the passer. You know, it was top 10 for us in pass rush win rate and all the underlying metrics, not just the you know sacks and the traditional stats, which also showed up favorable for him. So this again, kind of like I just spoke about Duggar to me, I think goes both directions where either it could be Patriots say, yeah, he's not an every down player. He's a specialist, a DPR type guy. We're not going to pay that. Or they say, actually, we can get him for 12, $13 million a year on like a two year deal or, or work through kind of a, Hey, this is the trial period. We're giving you generational money. You know, you're getting that, that second contract boon, but we're not going to give you, you know, a four year, like large, all these things. Um, And so you can see it go both ways, but, it's so so hard for me to project something like that. I mean, the guy really does not play enough to, to even get a lot of data um, on how to comp them to guys. but yeah, maybe they find a way to do it. And, and I do think you know Bill is is very comfortable with hey, this guy's a specific role. he's very good at it. I'm comfortable only playing it for this, in this capacity and I'm willing to pay up for that. you know, he's done that at, at many positions you know over the years.
0: Football season's about to kick off and FanDuel's giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can choose your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com Boston and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com Boston. 21 plus and present in Massachusetts. First online real money wager only. $10 deposit required. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at fanduel.com/sportsbook. Hope is here. Gamblinghelp.ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24/7 support. Play it smart from the start. Gamesense.ma.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234 are there any contracts that you can think of that would kind of be used as a framework? I was thinking maybe like a Hassan Reddick, but I think he has a bit more every down value and obviously has more experience in a more diverse role. Is it anywhere like that? Or do you think maybe another player you could use as a template?
1: Yeah. The one that, that jumped out to me was a couple a couple years old now, but Romeo Aquara when he got, he was with the giants, his under free agent didn't play a ton and the lions kind of took a chance on him. And then after a year, Signed him to, I think it was like three years, 33, 34 million, maybe something like that. I I could be a little bit off there. That's off the top of my head. But um, he also, he's kind of a maybe not as situational, but was not at that point like a 700, 800 snap a year type player. And I think they realized pretty quickly. Yeah. But he's very, very good at, at something that is valuable and important to our defense. Maybe if we sign him now, we'll get a discount. Unfortunately, you know, he's dealt with injuries pretty much entire of the last two years, but, but that one always kind of struck me as similar. He's, he's a little bit undersized and you mentioned the Reddit comp, like he kind of has that build a little bit to a degree, Um, but yeah, it, it is tough to find a, a long list of guys. You can comp to Uchi right now. Yeah, So a lower priority,
0: I think, in the extension candidates, but someone who does have an important role for them, Lawrence Guy. Now, kind of the opposite of Anuche, where he comes off the field in pass rush situations, but gives him so much versatility and consistency against the run, obviously also off the field, tremendous. He's a leader in that locker room, fantastic in the community. What do you think a fair extension would look like for him? Because he was holding out for OTAs in mini camp, obviously showed up once the pads and the shells and everything came on for training camp. He's team player like i said fantastic character but if he wants to get paid more comfortably what do you think would be a fair template for his deal
1: the confusing thing to me was i don't think i've seen a 31 year old defensive lineman sign a four-year contract i can't even think of the last time that happened besides lawrence guy um it probably hasn't happened like i i really (laughs) uh, i struggle to even think of a comp there so i can imagine maybe it's not even so much about getting way more money but getting protections locking in assurances via you know guaranteeing some salary for 2024 or doing something that effectively compensates you for like you're talking about like he's going to be a leader on this team he's going to be the anchor on the early downs that enables you to do different things and obviously you know barmore didn't really play last year maybe maybe guy had a bigger role than even he himself anticipated to a degree so there's things in place there but yeah, I would imagine it's your classic Patriots. Like, add some incentives, maybe guarantee some money or shift some money around. I don't know if he's going to get a you know assigned through his age thirty five season in twenty twenty five. But yeah, I'm not to not to speak ill of anyone's negotiating skills, but I'm not sure why a guy signed a four year deal at thirty one years old. Right now, so we've gone through the extension candidates.
0: Which guys do you think are most likely, based on their situations, what they might be demanding? Who do you think is actually most likely to get those extensions? And who do you think may price themselves out of the Patriots'
1: comfort zone? I think they're going to be willing to work with Judon. Um, You know, like I said, maybe he doesn't need a true extension, but I think they're going to figure this out. He he is... He has outperformed his deal. And I think Bill has shown in the past, like, you know, if, if you're, if you do, do show up and and still, you know, are a team guy first, but also want to take care of yourself, I will take care of you in return. Um, And then I would say the two big ones on and Duggar, I think are what it comes down to really, Um, I would lean Duggar. I think they're going to find a way to get, to, get mm-hmm. it done. Is that because I'm just still shocked that Bill Belichick said at the podium? Maybe. Um, But I also just do view them as, you know they're cycling through his offensive line. I, I mean, you tell me it's almost been kind of strange to me the lack of emphasis on the entire offensive line. like is Riley Reef really a solution to start a right tackle? i would I, I don't really think so personally, like it's it's been i don't I don't even know what they're doing at offensive line right now. so I'll, I'll go Duggar. yeah, I would say. I- it's kind of hard because
0: I don't think there were a lot of free agents where I think they would be difference makers where the Patriots are comfortable paying them like Orlando Brown went left tackle money. They got Trent Brown. They didn't have to go that far. And in the draft, I know there were guys that people liked. I liked some people, too, but I'm not trading Gonzalez. I'm not trading Keon White. And I'm not trading Marte Mapu. So it's kind of a weird position they're in. Maybe Jonah Williams kind of shakes free from Cincinnati. Sure. We'll see what happens there. I know you, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I'm going to ask you to close out one, maybe impossible question, but I feel like you're one of the few people who's qualified enough to give their two cents and really be insightful here, the running back market. Obviously one of the toughest positions on the human body in the sport of football, you're getting hit on nearly every play. Longevity isn't very long. And when you're in the prime of your career, you don't really get paid very much, but these guys are starting to kind of stand up for themselves and say, Hey, like we need better contracts. GMs aren't willing to do it, which you can understand from a certain level, like at the end of the day, it does come down to money and you can't be paying a lot to these positions where a guy could get hurt and then he's out for the season just based on how the position goes. So what do you think is a possibility for a happy medium, maybe not so happy medium for one side, but something that's realistic where running backs can get compensated, where, you know, they're not wasting the prime of their lives making as little money as they're probably going to make where the owners can also maybe be more comfortable
1: and say, okay, I'm willing to do this. And, you know, both sides can be halfway happy at least. I think you have to get super, super creative here because just under the current constructs of the salary cap, I just don't think we're going to see this correct. Or, or we're, I think we're experiencing the correction right now, right? Where they've determined the allocation, the share of the pie that was going to that position does not really align with the the you know level of winning they're contributing to and the replaceability of the player, etc. Not to get super in the weeds there. So I I think you have to look into you know for, for me for start. Let's start with the franchise tag guys where. There is language about a good faith negotiation as it relates to a to every player. Um, but also with, with franchise tag players. And I do think for none of the three situations this offseason do I think good faith negotiations took place. And so for me, mm-hmm. if you're going to tag a player, maybe the rule is you must offer a contract that contains fully guaranteed money that equals at least two tags, right? Like your, your initial offer must have fully guaranteed money of two franchise tags. You know, uh, you can literally offer that as the deal, but kind of mm-hmm. to establish a baseline of, well, hey, you're tagging a guy once, The threat is we're going to tag you again. If you're using that as your leverage, then why are you then going to say, well, I'm not comfortable giving him, you know, for this year, 22.2 million fully guaranteed, which is not a crazy number. So something like that, my more off the wall, crazy ideas is like, I think you get crazy. It's like with gambling, right? So the prop bets are placed probably mostly on running backs. I would imagine the most action in the prop market is on running backs. Maybe when gambling money is distributed to players, they find a way to, allocate the pie again where if you are the one being bet on you get a larger portion or a larger share and you know of course offensive linemen I guess could complain or or whatever but Mm -hmm. like find a way to compensate running backs in very unique ways and then the last kind of more simple uh, obvious one is you used to be able to get extended after two years that was the standard before the 2011 CBA you know right now you have to wait the full three years to get extended and the shelf life of the position is so, so short that even then can kind of be too late. I mean, Sonny Michelle retired yesterday or whatever it was. So, like, it, it happened. So, you know, but I, I do think that we're not really at the end of the road yet. We're approaching rock bottom, but it, it's got to be creative solutions and find different ways to get them money uh, because the current constructs just are are working against them, unfortunately.
0: Fantastic job, Brad. I knew that was a tough question, but I also knew that you would be more than equipped to handle it. Appreciate you. Appreciate your time, man. If there's anything at all you'd like to plug or promote, the floor is yours.
1: No, nah, man, I appreciate having me on. I just want to sh- shout out your background here. Very impressive uh, setup you got going on here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's <laughs> one of the better backdrops in the biz right there. But, you know, I th- thank you again for having me on, and uh, I appreciate it means a lot, buddy. Thank you so much. Thank you all for watching and listening.
0: Uh, Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. We'll see you next time.